Hey folks, welcome to the podcast. Back here with uh, another friend of the show, Aaron Walsh. This is your 19th episode out of 20 episodes. <laughs> what, another friend? Do you have more friends? Uh, I thought you called me all the time because you have no one else. That might be accurate. I've, <laughs> surely in this year, I feel like I have nobody. Uh, it's just nice. We're out here in the garage here in, in Jacksonville, Florida. You mean the lab? Oh, sorry, in the lab. The lab follows us where we go. We've <laughs> we've determined that. We were talking about it. It was like it's like the end of the movie. You're like, oh, the lab was inside of us this whole time. <laughs> Let's go kill some aliens. <laughs> um, but it's great to have you on the show. How how's life, man? It's just uh, you know, I, oh man, it sounds like just ridiculous but i would say like surviving quarantine but that's over driving <laughs> lockdown that's over but it feels like it's not over oh it's not over for some of us so maybe you know just you know love and life now that i've survived like the zombie apocalypse and it's been great <laughs> yeah I, th- I think we're on the upturn at least like i don't think it's going to get any worse than it has been but it- the capital riots might have been rock bottom <laughs> i'm hoping at least <laughs> yeah i don't think we can dig down to the seventh layer of hell but we're getting close we're on our way out I mean, the devil did go down to Georgia. We're, he's coming. <laughs> well, that's why it's a blue state now, brother, because the devil's down there now. Um, Aaron is, this is the last time we might be on the show for a few weeks. You got a baby due sometime, maybe right now, maybe during the show. Uh, might be right, yeah. <laughs> might be in the hospital as I'm yeah. listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie, chill. We got to finish this episode. Jonathan we're needs in the lab. <laughs> Uh, we were actually supposed to record a few nights ago. Aaron was on his way over, and I was in the midst of having the worst night of my <laughs> life. And I don't say that hyperbolically. I meant, I mean that uh, we had an issue with my daughter, like passed out. Apparently, this is a thing. It's called held a held breath spell, and she was screaming because she didn't want her teeth brush, and all of a sudden just blacked out. Like we had no clue what was going on. So luckily, thankfully, she's fine. Prayed a lot over it, but I called Aaron. I was like, I don't, th- I don't think I'm gonna be able to bounce back from this tonight, man. And Aaron's like, was super gracious. Turned around, went home, and then I bawled my eyes out by my bed <laughs> for a while. So, well, the funniest part is that he, I just didn't realize that he didn't realize that you know, passing out while brushing your teeth is a, not a normal thing. You know, I mean, I guess, yeah, I don't know. Maybe in Ocala you don't do that. Yeah, but, um, I don't know. I, it just confirms that white dentists are terrible and everybody hates them. <laughs> It's just the worst. So you will forever be oh, imprinted in my mind. I will be sharing the story, whether or not, if the band doesn't make it, Aaron Iron, the Minor Profits band, by the way. Uh, oh, that's a good plug. Yeah, you like that? I I mean, Minor Profits, that's just, what a good name, too, what, right? I, I gotta Where say Where do you this? think you could listen to Minor Profits? <laughs> They're on Spotify. If you're listening to this on Spotify, just hop oh, right over. Oh, that's true. I mean, yeah. it's a couple clicks away. I don't want to brag, but I really like our music. I think we're good. <laughs> The problem is we are the only ones who know how awesome we are. And I think yes. that's where we're losing people. That's a good point. Maybe we need to I don't even know what we need to do. If I knew what we need to do, we'd probably be a little bit more famous. If I knew anything about what we need to do, we would not be recording in my garage right now. <laughs> <That's a good laughs> you point. would not be on the show for the eighth time. <laughs> no, I I love having Aaron. Um if you haven't checked out our band though, Aaron does all the music uh it, he's you put out music albums for years, and I feel like you finally found your call. <laughs> in children's rock rap, and it's good though. There you go. Yeah, yeah. It started with you had this beat, and you're like, texted me and Mike, like, do you guys want to do like a Christian rap rock group? And I was just like, finally, <laughs> someone finally. asked me, <laughs> how long is it? Taken? I was like, my time has come. This is all I've ever wanted in my life. I mean, 
and anyway, so check it out. The music's good. <laughs> that was a good five-minute plug. I think it's pretty solid. <laughs> We're going to do an episode with Mike sometime talking about failed dreams and why things <laughs> don't ever go the way you want them to. And we have to wake up and go to work the next day. Anyways... Well, definitely not going to do an introduction before this episode. <laughs> no. So tonight's episode, we are talking about the rise of sensationalism through what was known or is known as yellow journalism. Aaron, what is yellow journalism? So yellow journalism is a term, a phrase that was kind of coined late 1800s America. Late 1800s as in, I think it started 1897. Okay. So... um Pretty much what's going on is you have two newspapers in New York that were kind of competing uh, over the same uh, market, and uh, yellow journalism rose out of their competition, and really it it came and stemmed from the idea of we needed to get more readers, and let's try, rather than being better journalists, let's kind of sink lower (laughs) down the totem pole and just be more ridiculous to get more people to be like wait what so let me read that it's essentially old old version of clickbait exactly that's exactly what it's it is tintillating yes. stories of like you know jenny mccarthy believes what about vaccines <laughs> well i gotta read this instead of you know what happened exactly yeah yeah well and you gotta remember like you know i mean if you've ever i know everyone's taken a history class but if you remember back like you know like think about like civil war newspaper clippings or something um you know if you can imagine it you're, we're talking their uh, papers expensive printing's expensive mm-hmm. so they're printing these words as tiny as possible in tiny columns right they would you'd have columns in your newspaper that's why they're still called columns mm-hmm. right like excel rows and columns yeah and yeah. they'd have these tiny little columns just shoved with words right no pictures no headlines mm-hmm. just literally information jammed onto the page because that was really the only way you could communicate with people. So they had to shove as much as they possibly could onto these newspapers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all black and white. It's all small how, type. How frequent would a newspaper come out? Was it like the monthly paper or was it pretty oh, no. hot off the press? Yeah, yeah. Hot off the press. And okay. they, they'd have daily papers. You know? Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so that 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 process wasn't necessarily slow or anything. But it was just, it was the whole point of a newspaper was here's information. Yeah. It wasn't here's uh, you know, like a crazy ad for a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> you know, it was just like, yeah. yeah, hey, um, you know, some guy invented this thing. You should know about it. Mm-hmm. And that that was the news. You know, this uh, we're gonna get into this more later when we talk about modern news. But the news and the reason we have the freedom of the press, the news used to be really a service of the people or for the people. It was a, a ser- yeah. like same as. Not the same, but kind of similar to going to the army. You're going to serve, or you give your time uh, to Congress, whatever. It was a, it was a service, right? Yeah. And that's why it was so important uh, in how America was founded. It was like we really believe in the freedom of the press. This is an important to help with checks and balances, and so that's why they wanted people to be informed. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, think about <clears throat> Bill of Rights. The First Amendment, right, is includes not only freedom of speech but freedom of the press but also freedom of religion like Mm -hmm. they they held freedom of religion and press in the same wow amendment yeah you know like so they they saw this as integral of having the ability and and again you know going historically going back uh the the most common way that kings and monarchs and dictators would control people is they would take over the press. Yeah. They would take over the 
mass media, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And they would then say, hey, if you write that, I'm going to kill you. If you write that, I'm going to throw you in jail. If you yeah. write that, you're going to disappear. You write what I want you to write because that's how people get information and boom. Yeah. You know, and so because of that, when you're founding the nation and you're trying to figure out what do we want to never happen, Mm -hmm. we never want the press to get taken over by a lunatic or a dictator or whatever, right? We want, we want that to be a process that is free and not controlled by anyone. And so from... You know, from the founding of the nation, we had a free press. We had whether you know Ben Franklin writing his right. stuff or whatever it was. What was it called? Almanac or he had some newspaper thing or something. Yep, he did. Well, and I don't remember the name. You should was, just Google uh, poor, it. Was it poor Poor Richard's Almanac? Yes, was one of go. them. But they had like some other stuff. Like yeah, yeah, stuff. Lots of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you guys listen to the show For to the get facts. to get the gist. <laughs> um. Anyway, so when did yellow journalism start coming on the scene? So we have this freedom press. People were pretty much, here's the facts. Extra, read all about it. This is what happened. Yellow journalism starts to creep in. uh, At what point? So 1897. So I'm going to throw out some names that you might have heard of. Uh, William Randolph Hearst um, owned the New York Journal, which just became known as the Journal. Um, But the real guy you might have heard of is Joseph Pulitzer. Mm. He owned the New York World. Um, which just became known as the world. Um, and obviously Pulitzer is the same guy from Pulitzer Prize. Yeah. Um, so these two had competing newspapers in New York. But you'll probably notice New York World, New York Journal aren't still around. Like, or I don't even know if they are still around. But <laughs> it, they're not like the big ones today, right? Right. Because they were not the biggest newspapers at the time. They they were not the the like the scholarly everyone's like, oh yeah, what they say is, you know. And so they were trying to get there, and then they quickly realized, oh, if we go the opposite way, we could actually steal some readership. Really? Okay. Yeah. And so what these two um, newspapers started doing is a couple different things. Number one, they started printing pictures. Um, now, this is not like photography necessarily. This is more you know, like drawings and comics. They had comic strips and stuff, yeah. which is actually where we get the name Yellow Journalism. Um, and one of the comic strips... There was, um, they were kind of just depicting life uh, in different areas of of New York, and there was this kid that was dressed in this yellow nightgown. I have no idea why, but he was just dressed in this yellow nightgown, and he would kind of be the narrator of the comic. Hmm. And so people started referring to it as as yellow kid journalism, and then it just got shortened. Did um, did yeah. he hate Mondays? Very much so. Okay. Yes, I, right. I heard. I, I read that somewhere. Yeah. Yes. Um. But yeah. So so that's where we kind of get the name yellow journalism. That's where we get the idea of yellow journalism. And what they started doing is they started you know comic strips, um, printing big headlines, right? Like something to like. Wait, what does that say? Uh, I can see. Yeah, yeah. I'm walking down the street and I thought I saw something. What you know? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um. That kind of thing. And what it really started turning into was, oh man, people are. They like this stuff. They're talking about it in the streets. Hey, I bet if we could find a really juicy story, right, people would start talking about it more. And that's what started happening. It's kind of the first tabloid. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but we, what really kicked it into gear was um, the Spanish-American War. Okay. So this is happening the next year. So this really started kind of brewing 1897. In 1898, we go to war with Spain. And that's what kicked it off because they had a perfect fodder of what they could sens- sensationalize. 
So if you're not familiar with Spanish-American War, just a brief rundown. Um, Spain is absolutely nothing in 1898. They are crumbling, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so think about it. Like half of the Americas, the Western Hemisphere speaks Spanish because Spain was the bomb.com for a very long time, right? Mm-hmm. And they controlled everything. And what happened was they took all of the gold. Well, let's start. Well, let's go. Let's back up. They murdered all of the Native Americans, yeah. right? They either murdered or had children with them. And then and then they, they all got diseases. They died. Um, some people stayed behind. But what they did is they took all the gold, they took all the silver, and they went back to Spain, and they spent it all. And is that what the road to El Dorado is all about? Yeah, right. Golden yeah. City, yeah. So I was guessing, by the way. <laughs> I was oh, like, oh, well, that's yeah. exactly right. Yes, you're very God, very... I'm so good at this job. <laughs> Um, but so what they did is they took all of the gold, all the silver back to Spain and this could be a whole nother discussion, but they spent it all, but not in Spain. Hmm. They bought foreign goods in like, so they bought English stuff and they bought French stuff and they bought German stuff. How does a country just spend too much on Amazon? Like how do they spend themselves out of, oh, I don't know. Being like in trillions of dollars of deficit. How do they do that? (laughs) Is that what you're asking? Uh, yeah. (laughs) Well, it's a good lesson because they did that. They spit. So think about it. I mean, it's. I mean, this is kind of relevant modern times mm-hmm. of uh, even kind of what was going on. What's going on currently with us in China, right? Yeah. Is we never want to be in a trade deficit. So a trade deficit is where we, you know, like just using U.S. and China for example, right? We are we buy stuff from China. They buy stuff from us. But you don't want to be in deficit. You don't want them to be. Uh, buying less stuff than you're buying from them because then you're giving them more money than they're giving you back. Right, right, right. right. And so what was happening in Spain is they were giving all of their money away, and but they weren't producing anything because mm. they just were rich. They just had they were, tons yeah, of gold. Yeah, yeah. They didn't need to produce anything. And what they did is they had all, I mean, just insane amounts of money, right? The whole country. But then they gave it all away. It's all yeah. gone. And then they're like, uh oh. They're oh. very giving people. They're very giving people. I mean, uh, they got a lot of stuff. Yeah. But that stuff did not last long. Is that what kind of... This is has nothing to do with what they're talking about. <laughs> of course. This episode. Of course. Did that kind of what led to the Spanish Civil War? Uh, the, the unrest in the country from there? Yeah. I mean, for sure. It was uh, I mean, historically... I mean, sure, it's like, that's not the whole encompassing reason. Right. But, but I mean, it's also like hundreds of years later. The Spanish Civil War? Yeah. Hundreds of years later, you said 1897... What which civil war are you talking about? You're talking about the one like happened during World War Two? Yeah. Or right before World War Two? I'm yeah. just I was just wondering like what is yeah. that word yeah. Oh for sure, yeah. Yeah. Because that that was people didn't trust the monarch pretty yeah, yeah, much. Yeah. Oh, okay. And so then like, you know, like like a fascist general came up and was like, Well, we're better than that and all this. I was yes. just wondering because, you know, the US is massively in debt and then we had a beginnings of what looked like a civil war. Right. Which is like yeah. Oh yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Well, so my whole point in this is that Spain spent all their money. And they lost all their power because okay. money is power, and so they couldn't they couldn't build the same you know they couldn't keep their military up they couldn't keep their obviously their economy was not uh, yeah. they couldn't keep the same power that they had before and so by 1898 when the Spanish American War begins oh I get okay it's yeah sorry when you said hundreds <laughs> of years later I'm I'm tracking now oh right I thought you meant hundreds of years after 1898 no not okay. 1898 gotcha, sorry the 1400s i should probably edit all of this but you know let's just go with <laughs> but yeah i mean so th- i mean literally think about every country that speaks spanish today yeah. right they were all a spanish colony at some point yeah and and there was even more than just that 
And by 1898, they had three colonies left. Wow. They had Cuba, they had Guam, and they had the Philippines. And Miami. Ayo, relevant <laughs> jokes. Uh. <laughs> well, yeah. Have you been to the Miami airport? They all Cuba. speak Spanish. It's true. Yeah. Well, fair enough, yes. Um, <laughs> but yeah. I'm so- canceled now. Um, <laughs> all right, so the Spanish-American War started because Spain was like, we need to get our... Make Spain great again? <laughs> we got to get our honor back here or what? Kind of, yeah. So they had three colonies left. And, and so they're like kind of like, Ugh, this is not... And they're not... They're tiny little islands, right? And then Cuba tries to start fighting back. They're like, mm. oh, we want our independence. And they're like, no, 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 no. We only got three. We can't let one go. <laughs> so they start cracking down. Like, no, you cannot have your independence. You cannot do what you want. You got to do what we want. Now, this is where we start introducing... America to the equation, right? So yeah. number one, you have Americans that own uh, plantations in Cuba. So again, there's like so many facets we could go with this. But the main reason we go to war with Spain is because there was American economic interest at stake. There's not an American life threatened by this No, in no way, shape, or form. It wasn't form. a fight for freedom. It was a fight for land. It was a, No, not even land. Money. Money. Fight for money. There were some rich people that were going to get a little bit poorer if this happened, and they influenced the government to say, "Nope, don't do that." Wow. Well, yep. we are way far away from that super kind of far away from that political We've totally yeah. changed. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, so what happens is America starts to get involved with what's going on in Cuba, not necessarily politically. Actually, the president at the time, McKinley, did not want to get involved at all, but. The newspapers started printing stories about all these terrible atrocities that were happening to the Cuban people by the Spanish. For example, the name of the Spanish general, the Spanish general that was sent to stop the rebellion going on in Cuba, he had a nickname. His nickname was The Butcher, Hmm. right? So The Butcher shows up, and of course, what do you think these newspapers are going to do? They're going to start printing all these crazy stories. Yeah. About the butcher and all these things, right? Now, to be fair, he was locking stuff down. He was starting, he's throwing people into camps. He was, and, and these were people that were rebelling and he was trying to, you know, s- shut down the rebellion that was going on. Yeah. This has nothing to do with America whatsoever, but we are talking about it like it is, you know, they're coming, they're on our doorstep. It's, uh, uh, it's propag- awful. Uh, almost yeah. propaganda. For sure, it's propaganda. Yeah. But not to like, change the minds of people to go to war it was just like to sell newspapers sell newspapers yeah. right and and they did and what started happening is they're like we need crazier stories we need to take these stories up to the next level right mm. and so what they started doing is they started like okay yeah there's a story about an american ship that got stopped by the spanish navy right and they went through and they searched the ship like well okay that's cool but what if they Strip search all the ladies. Mm. Oh no! Can you imagine the Spanish Navy? They 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 made the ladies get naked and they searched them and like ah you know yeah. and stuff like that. And you're like, there was no proof that this actually happened, but the newspaper said that it happened, mm. and people were outraged. So right? they would these these writers for these newspapers would take stories basically and then elaborate on them. Blow and them up got the- to the point where they were straight up making it up. Wow. And. and so much so that people were like, this cannot be true. And they went and looked, and it was not true. But it was in print, and people read it, and it started to spread like wildfire. Wow. Now, what happens is, the Sp- after the Spanish, as the Spanish-American War happens, one of the negatives of this is that we kicked Spain's 
butt in this war. So all this crazy stuff that was happening started to look even crazier when you think about it. Because, I mean, we're a new country. Not super new, but compared to Spain, we're a new country. But we just fought a civil war. We are trying to, like, knit our nation back together. Right. We then go and pick a fight with a colonial superpower. (laughs) Right. And we destroy them. There was good reason we destroyed them. Spain had the same navy they had 100 years before. They had never modernized. We were fighting wooden ships, wooden Spanish ships with our metal ships. Like, it was that bad. Right? Um, the, The Spanish army... It did not send their army to Cuba. They sent some troops to Cuba to stop a rebellion, not to stop an invasion. Wow. You know, like they, they were not prepared at all. And we right. kicked their butts. So we are the easy victors in this. People are feeling this fervor of, man, America's so awesome. We're great. How bad Spain is. And again, the, these newspapers just use it to sell papers, mm-hmm. telling these mm-hmm. stories, telling all these crazy things. And none of it's true. But it doesn't matter. It's like, uh, you know... Toby Keith comes out with the 9-11 song. Exactly. And I mean, how many other countries, like, kind of play into this big news story. I mean, that's America right there. How it's can a, I use tragedy to <laughs> line my pockets? It's a great song, man. It's as American as a burrito. So um, <laughs> yeah. Is that a book plug? <laughs> <laughs> Should be. Oh, I forgot about that one. Um, okay, so we, we started with True Journal. So while this is going on, you know, true journalism is still taking place. Uh, what what's happening with this yellow journalism? Is it is it more so like you know? I was like, I remember seeing like a grandma buy an Enquirer, aqu- an <laughs> National Enquirer. Yeah, yeah. When I was a uh, like a kid, I'm like, yeah. what a nut job. You know, like it wasn't <laughs> like normal people had this stuff. Was it like pretty well received, or so, yeah, what kind of impact did it have? No, no. So yeah, so the the scholarly newspapers, the people, they're like, what are y'all doing? Yeah. But the problem is. The journalists at the time were like, this is nonsense. Like, this is dumb. Right, right. But guess who was not turning their head at it? Donald Trump. <laughs> oh, sorry. I was the, way ahead. the people that owned the newspapers were like, dang, they are selling uh, newspapers. They're not right, doing right. nothing. We're paying this guy to, like, go infiltrate something, and they just made something up and made way more money than us. Yeah. So, like it or not, what starts happening is this style of journalism starts slowly making its way into real journalism because it sells papers. It's commonplace, right? It starts to become more commonplace. Yeah, yeah. I love this quote. I wrote this quote down when we were talking about this because... It's such a, when I was teaching, I always always use this one. This famous historian, Michael Robertson, said about this time period, said, Histori- uh, news, newspaper reporters and readers of the 1890s were much less concerned with distinguishing among fact-based reporting, opinion, and literature. literature. Which I love because you could just replace 1890s with any <laughs> year you can name. They were so stupid back then. Because they, they didn't care about yeah. distinguishing. They were like, wow, that was crazy. I mean, they just wanted water cooler talk. You yeah. know, like, yeah, man, yeah. did you hear about that crazy story? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the same thing today. I, I would think That's about, I mean, like, yeah. the first time BuzzFeed was invited to, like, a <laughs> press yeah. conference. Be like, yeah, USA Today, New York Times, whatever. Uh, BuzzFeed News. Like, and I feel like a true journalist was like, are you kidding me? Like... And I think that's what I kind of want to get to in this, and we'll, and we'll get there's the frustration I have with modern news. Um, I went to the School of Journalism Communications at UF, 
I don't want to brag, was one of the top three. I, I majored in advertising, so I didn't really do journalism. <laughs> but if you'd have told me that 10 years later, journalism would just be ripping a tweet from some random person right. and then writing an article like it's fact, be like, people are really mad at, you know, Amanda <laughs> Bynes today. You know, it's like, it's one random person. Yep. But this stuff gets read, it gets clicked, it gets... What do you think it is that draws us into yellow journalism and, and clickbaity stuff? Well, that's what's... I think that's what's scary is that it, it like, self-perpetuates, right? So it's actually... there's a, It's a term called circular journalism, and it's when you have a article or something, right, is written, and then another media news media picks that up and mm-hmm. writes about it, right? And... Uh, or like an event happens and multiple newspapers or n- multiple media report on it, right? Because like one of the sta- – I mean, hopefully you know this since you are a degreed individual. Yes. But so one of the standards expe- – like like when I'm uh, – when I was, you know, assigning papers, right? One of the standards is you don't believe something unless there's multiple sources on it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So in these days – there's not multiple sources. There's millions of sources <laughs> because everyone just starts reporting. Oh yeah, look at this thing. I, right. I saw that too, and everyone just blah, 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 reports, reports, yeah. reports. And so you're like, oh, it must be legitimate because 16 different outlets just told me that it's yeah. true. Yeah. But if those 16 did not do their homework, then they've made something true that's not. Yeah. Right. And it, it's terrifying. John Oliver actually has a great piece on this where like all these news like local news stations will basically get the same stories and they're all just generated the yeah. same like from one entry point and they all just report on it or whatever and so it, it kind of feeds itself so so why do you think that the draw is for us I, I think i started noticing this was a kid my mom and i used to watch <laughs> she's gonna kill me for this we used to watch <laughs> jerry springer together nice because when it first started we we're just like are you kidding me like whoa they got in a fight like that's the weirdest, craziest thing. Well, I guess we should watch tomorrow. You know, like, and then we finally got to the point where, like, we probably should stop watching this. But we thought it was real at first of, like, these people. But Jerry Springer, I don't know if you remember, this is 20-something years ago, was a big, big phenomenon. Like, people loved watching white trash people that was worse <laughs> off than them. Like, oh, look at these idiots. Well, at least I'm not that bad. Right. And so I think there's an element of uh, we're just prone to gossip, but also just prone to, like, give me the dirt, give me the details. Yeah, for sure. Um, and we live in a very gotcha journalism time because we are, we're gotcha people that want to catch somebody and, you know, it's like Bible class 101. <laughs> like, do unto others as you would have to do. Right. Why do you have to say that? Because we want to trip somebody up because it makes us feel better because of our own insecurities. Well, I mean, think about it too. Like, if you, like, say you're like sitting at dinner with someone and you're like, oh, what? Dang it. What was that? When did that happen? I'm going to Google it. Mm. And you Google it. And what's the thing you click? The first dang thing that pops up. Are you like, is this from a legitimate source? You're like, right. no, this is right. What ta- What year did it start? It was this year. It was 2006. Oh, yeah, yeah it was 2006. And everyone you just told, you're like, oh, yeah, it was 2006. <laughs> they think it's 2006 now. Yeah. You might have misread it. Maybe it was 2016. Yeah. But you don't they don't care. Well, and it's, and it's because yeah. it's all this information is so easily accessible now, right? Yeah. Um because think about it. 1800s information not easily accessible. Very difficult to get information. I mean, think about newspapers. The reason newspapers existed is because it's an expensive thing to have to pay people to go find the information write the information in a way that makes sense you yeah. know all, publish it all that stuff and because they needed it it was they there's no other way to do it now 
I mean, you even have whole schools of journalism opening up just with the internet and they even have like virtual reality and all this stuff now trying to kind of adopt the new technology and how do we as journalists use this to our advantage mm-hmm. because it's everywhere. You don't have to be a journalist anymore. Yeah. I mean, think about uh, like all these up the uprisings that we had a couple years ago, right? All over the Middle East. Mm. Um, and uh, they, they even called them like Twitter uprisings. Like they literally use Twitter to, to spark these uprisings yeah. against governments and overthrow things using social media, which is an amazing, powerful tool if it's used in the right way. But it's also this terrible weapon because you can use it to alter elections you can use it to destroy someone's life you can you know you can use it to do all of these things and there's no checks there's no balances with in newspapers you had editors that were like you can't do that right i mean even this journalists are held to a higher standard than anyone else right you can be sued for libel as a journalist if you write something you know is not true about someone right if i tweet something about someone that is completely untrue, and it gets five billion likes, and people are right. retweeting it and stuff. Nothing happens to me. Yeah, I'm completely safe, and I could have just literally ruined someone's life. Man, but it, but if you wrote that in a newspaper, gone. That's cr- that it's is, horrible. That's a crazy distinction. That's scary as heck because we had those laws in place because the press was had such a power. Right. But now, in the words of Captain Planet, the power is yours too. <laughs> And when all of our powers combine, you end up with an attack on the Capitol. And to quote Peter Parker's uncle, right? Yeah. With great power comes great responsibility. Mm-hmm. That's right. Way to tie it in there for the kids. For the kids. <laughs> all right. So Spanish-American War is going on. What you know? What's in World War Two? Like, take us through like kind of when we we hit. I so for me, I think there's like these massive milestone points. Yeah, I think the rise of cable news was probably a big. Uh, oh, we really need some stories. And yeah, the, for the sure. internet hit, social media hit. But you know, what other major strides did this kind of clickbaity uh, yellow journalism make? Um, and when, at what points in history did you see it really maybe come more on the scene, become more of a, a, a game changer? Right. So I mean, really, if you think about it, it's the past hundred years that this has rose. Right. Yeah. Um. Uh, and just a quick side note, what I find fascinating about this is both William Hurst and jo- Joseph Pulitzer regretted what they did. Wow. They regretted what became of their fight for people buying stuff, right? So, like, Hurst, his newspapers, I mean, he let it go out of control. Like, just the fire was lit. And they, uh, well, his newspaper at one point, t- two separate journalists wrote about how bad the president was and how he should probably be assassinated. Wow, in his paper. Yeah, in the paper. But now again, right? People say stupid stuff like that on Twitter all the time, right? The problem was, it happened. A a month after uh, those articles came out, he was actually assassinated. Wow. McKinley was assassinated. So... At the time, you're like, uh, you guys are just mad and angry or whatever. But then when it happens, you're like, oh, yeah. by them writing that, did that inspire? Yeah. You well, know? that's what's crazy. Which is sketchy. And then Pulitzer, we have Pulitzer Prize, yeah. right? He was so distraught over what he did. When he died, he left most of his money to a school, to a university to start the first school of journalism ever because he's like, people need to know how to be real journalists that and not just be, do this. <laughs> that'd be like Jack Dorsey, the guy that created Twitter on his deathbed, being like, I really regret this. I'm going to give a scholarship to people that do the opposite 
of what I've created, yeah, essentially. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, and you guys have probably seen it and stuff, but none of these like CEOs or you know investors or anyone that have started these apps, none of them let their kids even have phones. Right. Like they're like, no, this crap's bad. Yeah. You I saw mean, the Social Network. Yeah. Or, exactly. I mean, not the social. Um, social dilemma. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Terrifying. So, terrifying. Uh, so Pulitzer regrets it, but it's but he's unleashed the beast. Right. Basically. It's unleashed the beast, and so it goes. Um, I think another kind of big. Uh, uh, I, I, honestly, it really does follow the wars because wars are just great um, times in history for people to sensationalize what's going on right? and everybody's glued to you, exactly you like, to what's know. going on what's yeah, going on what's yeah. going on so like world war one uh woodrow wilson the president of america at the time he started seeing all this stuff going on he's like all right y'all need to calm down right um he, he literally warned the um uh, the not only america but the world um when he met after at the peace of versailles trying to uh with uh, other leaders i mean he literally said um, I, I I brought this quote too because it's so good. He said, "We cannot afford to let rumors of irresponsible persons and origins get into the United States, because that would undermine democracy and the principle of a free and accurate press." And what was happening is that this is actually wow. inside the United States that this yeah. is happening. But so, like World War One, right? World War Wilson was president during World War One. Um, all kinds of and, and, and probably a lot of like the propaganda posters and stuff that you've seen. That started in World War One, and what would happen is they were trying to get people to join in the war effort. World War One, there was not a um, mandatory draft; um, it was voluntary, um, and, and and there was not mandatory rationing. It was all voluntary. I said that wrong. It was a mandatory draft. It wasn't, but it wasn't um, mandatory rationing or anything like that. It was yeah. all voluntary, and okay. it was a very good voluntary movement that did it. Like we didn't have to make it mandatory because people bought into it. Partly because of propaganda, <laughs> Man, right? Imagine. I know. Imagine people getting uh, together right over now. a common cause. It's crazy. <laughs> um, but like, there was tons of stories of Germans who were like torturing uh, 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 men and women that were like like crucifying soldiers, mm-hmm. eating babies, melting dead bodies into glycerin so they could use in the war effort. I mean, just these terrible weird stories that were totally not true so much so that people were like sending like secret missions into germany to find these atrocities and they weren't even real it's like the original pizza gate exactly yeah, yeah literally and what was happening is these things that weren't real were being spread and spread and spread and believed mm-hmm. this is one reason why after the next war world war ii when we have this happen like the Holocaust and all this stuff, people are like, "That's not true." That was like that World War One crap where they were eating the babies. There's a boy who cried wolf. Syndrome. Yeah, they're like, yeah. "Nah, that 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 sounds way too ridiculous." Yeah, and one reason that that myth, you know, I say that with quotes, was people thought it was a myth because they're like, "That can't be true." Like we wow. we already know this was disproved, and because journalism was propagating it, right? That's, like uh, the, it was so being sensationalized. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, that's just like. That's insane to think that, you know, first off, the Holocaust was that bad that it sounded, somebody's making this up. True. Uh, but also just like the power that we've just, as a country, had and we abused and it led to, you know, I mean, so anyway, I see the correlation yeah. to, to today too. Right. You know, we, we call it the information age, but it's like the misinformation age or the too much information age. 
Uh, like you were saying, it's like, if I want to know a fact about whatever, I'm just going to go find the article that confirms my bias. Yep. That's not healthy, you know? So it's yeah. like, that's why I feel like when we get into debates or discussions with people, be like, oh, no, that's not true because of this. Or well, that's not true because, and everybody has an article right. somewhere confirming. We how If you do a, a debate class in high school, you have to bring like corroborated evidence yep. it has to be balanced you have to agree on a starting point too like you have to stick to the to the actual issue i feel like the entire country needs to take high school debate just over again and like learn to like you you have to use something that's been um uh fact found like what's yeah. the answer uh justified or yeah fact checked or fact checked or, something yeah, yeah. you know um but the problem is we can't agree on like a basic fact right. to debate and right. be like all right let's say let's say this attack on the capitol happened by people waving Trump MAGA flags. They're like, okay, can we start there? All right, now let's go from there. But the problem is people are like, no, that was Antifa. No, I'm like, because some article right, somewhere. Right. And what's the government's role in this? How do you regulate mm. this without uh, infringing upon the freedom of the press? Right. Well, that's what's tough, right? I mean, because think about it this way. like, It's like Wikipedia, right? So it's the teacher's worst enemy is Wikipedia. Yeah. And they have been trying to get more legit, right? But the whole point of it was that anyone can add to it. Right. So you have the silly things, right, where people's like yeah. will like hack onto it and be like, Oh, this guy like loves <laughs> kitty cats or something. You're like, What? You know? But right. one of the issues with Wikipedia is that uh, you know, you've probably been on a Wikipedia page where it says citation needed, right? So you uh, so wh- wh- someone needs to go cite that. Well, all you have to do to get a citation is you go write something on some website somewhere that oh, wow. is that, and then they're like, oh, yeah, I found this there. Yep, yep, we can do that. It, it's cited. Good. Yeah. You know? And so, again, it just it self-propagates itself with this stuff. And so... Yeah, and when- that's the first... Uh, re- return result exactly. from Google. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So when people are looking, right? But yeah, so the, yeah, the role of government to regulate this stuff the one of the issues with this is that you have to wonder how much is this being done by the government Ooh, right i mean yeah. i mean propaganda right propaganda is a government tool yeah uh i mean it's one reason that we all grew up saying the pledge of allegiance that's propaganda right you're trying to convince people to believe something mm-hmm. right um like if i don't say the pledge of allegiance that doesn't mean that america is going to crumble and fall yeah, right yeah but if I do say it, maybe I'll like America more. Maybe I'll be more loyal. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll whatever, right? And so, it, I mean, it's just a tool that's being used. And propaganda is a part of that. I think it's an interesting question in America. Like, for example, in England, uh, I'm a big soccer fan. And currently in England, there's, I mean, forever and everywhere, unfortunately, there's been a lot of racial uh, abuse. Um, and, and in soccer stadiums, there was tons of racial racial abuse that would happen at the games right okay. um just terrible things like people would like throw bananas on the field and stuff oh, at wow. black players at, like at the players yeah wow. just horrible things um but their fans can't be in the stadiums right now because of covid mm-hmm. but what the problem that's been happening is that it's all been turned into social media outbursts so these players on their instagrams on their twitters and stuff will just get inundated like if they have a bad game they'll just get inundated with this terrible racial abuse what happens in England is they can actually take that, send it to the police, and the police can go and actually arrest people for that because they have hate speech laws. Or wow. where if you if you commit hate speech, it's a criminal act. Wow. Right. Now in America, we have freedom of speech. I can say whatever I want. 
right? Does does Eng- so England doesn't have freedom of speech? No, not not necessarily. They don't even have a constitution, actually. They don't, wow. Yeah, they're they're an interesting system. They're all based on precedent. So has it been done before? And what's crazy is uh, England's a thousand years old. So yeah. yes, it has been done before. So you could be going back to like twelve hundred. Like, well, in twelve hundred, yeah, right. This guy said this, so <laughs> I can do that. You know, yeah. it's all weird. See, they didn't have an Alexander Hamilton type. You've seen the play. <laughs> finally, Harry's been on like three episodes. <laughs> I know, right? It's good, finally, right? See, I love it. It's yeah. amazing. God, I told you. It, right. Yes. So finally that's, justified. So that's interesting. So government can get involved with social media in England. Or anything, yeah. Because if they can prove who wrote it, then wow. yes. Wow, that's... So, like, man, it was terrible. Crazy, like, a 12-year-old boy got arrested for racial abusing a player the other day. Gosh. Yeah. Um, but in America, you're protected of that. Again, so if you're a journalist and you're saying something like that, right, libel, you're boom, you're, you're done. Yeah. Um, but if you're just some rando using some fake Twitter account, yeah. you can't really be held accountable yeah um um so i mean i think uh, and right now the debate of course is social media needs to get involved right so like think about like facebook right they're like oh we're shutting down anything that's uh you know if it's a lie or if this person or twitter like obviously banning trump or whatever like any or banning anyone right like if we can prove that this is a lie that this is um that you're just providing false information over and over and over we're going to shut you down right yeah. so we were like yeah this is this is the role of the private industry that's making money off of this they should be the ones regulating it and you're like why would you ever trust a private company <laughs> whose right. job is to make money to regulate themselves right right, right. so yeah so that's an interesting question it still comes back to the government should the government be regulating it but again that's where we get into the weird thing. You're like, well, it's freedom of speech. Yeah. Right? We allow people to express their opinions, yeah. even though they're not just wrong, they're made up. Yeah. They're, they're false. So I I think I, one of the reasons I thought this was such, such an interesting topic for an episode when Aaron pitched it was that I think this is all we're going to be hearing, not all we're going to, but in the news constantly will be these Supreme Court justice rulings on free speech uh, the rights of social media platforms, that type of thing. Yeah. When do they get involved? When do they jump in? So the the big issue recently is Twitter yeah. and kicking Trump off, kicking off the My Pillow guy. We're all really sad to see him go. Uh, you know, <laughs> and so it's it's kind of you know. So I'll just say from my view, it's like I could give a rip what My Pillow guy thinks about it. And it doesn't really, I don't know, kick him off, whatever. Right, right. But when they start kicking off, let's say somebody I actually care about, whatever for that. You know, or the it's president of, of the United States. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it it should make everybody, I think, go, ooh, what do we think about this? For, you know, if you're happy to see my pillow guy gone, that that's different to me than everybody's flair should be going up right now, at least to, right. to consider what the ramifications are. Because this press, this freedom of the press, where do you get your news now? Probably Facebook. You know, right. Google corroborates it for you, curates it for you. Right. Um, not corroborates, curates. Um Twitter, like this is this has become news. The breaking yeah. stories are on Twitter, and Twitter, like you said, doesn't have the uh, slander libel laws that a journalist would under a, like an actual newspaper. Is that right? Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. And so it's like, so even journalists, 
they'll they might tweet something that they wouldn't write in their paper kind of Interesting. deal you know yeah. now they are a journalist so it'd probably be you'd you know, hope they'd have some integrity <laughs> well and they'd yeah. probably get more in trouble for yeah, that yeah. yeah but yeah if i'm like a 13 year old kid and i say something and it gets picked up or if i'm a russian bot and it gets picked up or you know like what's going to happen yeah you know? um yeah i i think it's it's a it's a dangerous time that we're living in if we're relying on like random news, you know, random news as in you're like, I don't even know what this is. Right. The, the, the Rockford Chronicle said this, like who, what, where is that? Is that a place? <laughs> yeah. Is that someone, is that some guy in his garage writing exactly, something? You're like, yeah. what, what is this? And, yeah. but you, you use it. You're like, Oh, well I saw it on this. And you're yeah. like, yeah, but I, I mean, think about, this is a great point. I mean, think about, you brought up John Oliver. I mean, think about like the Colbert report or John Oliver, um, What's the other one? Daily the, Show. The Daily Show. Like all those guys, right? They literally get millions of views because they are a parody of what's going on in the world yeah. uh, of of news, right? Yeah. Obviously, they're more uh, parodying cable news, um, but they're just, you know, they're really good. They're entertaining. They're interesting. Yes, they say facts sometimes, mm. but they're comedians. Yeah. They're jokes. And people, like, legitimately will cite them as, well, I heard it here. This is my news. Like, no, they're telling jokes. The whole point of them is to shape it in a way that they can make funny, Mm -hmm. right? Which is funny. And they're really good at doing it. And, yes, they might be telling the truth about something. But if that's the only place you're getting your news, then all you're getting is the funny side of whatever they just did. Right, right. right. Um, or the shocking side of whatever they just did. Yeah. And you mentioned, you know, cable news, right? When when cable news became a thing and 24-7 news was a thing, they had to talk about something mm-hmm. for 24-7. And so they just got to talk, yeah. right? Um, that's where commentating became. Right. Like, what is it, the- it, it fascinated me. Uh, when I was watching, I remember when I was watching the Capitol riots, I just kept switching between all the channels. And I'm like, all they're doing is just saying, someone's saying, I see this happening. And then it's cutting to a talking head that's like, oh, this is blah, 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 blah. And right. just like going off and just talk and just, just talking. Yeah. Not news. They're just saying, oh, well, I can't believe this. It, it, just their opinion, uh, bringing just random other things into it. Mm-hmm. I have nothing to do with what's actually happening on the ground. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, uh, now I see someone breaking a window. Oh, vandalism, blah, blah, Black Lives Matter, blah, blah, blah. Right. What? That, right. That's literally nothing has to do with what's happening right now. There, it go, spits in the face of our judicial system, too, of the innocent until proven guilty. Right. Exactly. Facts. Yeah. Now, I, now, I will admit, there are some things that are like, pretty cut and dry like you're like i saw a person do this like you know yeah shoot which a man is, in the street which like, is news yeah you right. should be able to but it's like the but um, when they're like let's get our opinion analyst here and exactly let, let's do a round table real quick where we yell at each other yeah. and people are like oh i can't believe they're yelling we've at already, each other we've already deduced this and solved every right. part of the facets it right. reminds me of the you ever heard Chappelle's old stand-up about referring to job rule during a hurricane or whatever like Oh, this is happened. Let's go get Ja Rule's thought on the hurricane. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> like, what? Yeah. let's talk to Ja because he's got something to say about this. And um, you know, it's interesting about John Stewart and and those guys is yeah. they used to hold their foot to the fire of like, "We well, are journalists." You know, he's like, John used to go, "I come on after puppets making crank phone calls." <laughs> like, if you're thinking I'm on the level as you, that's part of the issue here. 
Um, you know, and you can have different opinions on the Daily Show, what their right. duty is, what their what it is, and they and they've ascended into the level of like you said, people watch them for the news, and we we learn stories. I on learn from them. Comedy Central. I mean, it tells you what the state of our journalism is. That's what I mean. Is, so, yeah. I mean, I remember, I, I think probably what you're referring to is like, he got, John Stewart got interviewed by Chris Wallace on Fox yeah. News. Yeah. And he, Chris Wallace was like grilling him over him. And he, John Stewart kept saying like, I'm a comedian. Right, right. Like, I am not held to the same standard as you. I'm on Comedy Central. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah, you know? exactly. And, and that's the thing is that they've parried it, so, parried it. Uh, the cable news so well that cable news thinks that they're being real <laughs> and they're like no we're just parroting you like right. we're, this is a joke yeah you guys are a joke you they have so much content it's like right i said something really stupid this week uh i wish i could take it back and i was sitting in the heat like not the heat of the moment like just talking amongst friends and i revealed this secret to these people like came from a good place I mean, I, like i felt i still feel awful about it but i was just like Someone like me who talks so much, like you're gonna say some dumb stuff <laughs> right, at some point. Like it's right. a miracle. And I think about that with like twenty four seven news. Like if you guys talk so much, it's no wonder that you're getting ripped on nine like one of your like correspondents is gonna say something different than this guy and you said something different the week before because you know, whoever the anchor is, or like one of these shows, Maddow, um, Hannity or whatever, like you should not have an opinion on every single thing that happens. And like, right. and like to take it like it's fact, like there's people that I'm like, well, that's a good point about that subject that, you know, I don't care what you think about star Wars, you know, like, but <laughs> we have to hear their opinion on everything. And if, so of course it's, you're going to sound stupid. And well, and those things that you're mentioning are opinion shows. They're yeah. not news shows. They're opinion shows people, on a news channel. Yeah. They and take people the news get as, it confused. They take the news as reported and then they right. give their opinion. Of exactly. The it's not journalism. It's what we're doing right now. Essentially. Yes. Um, filling dead space. Yeah. And John, John, I, I tell him, pretty big fan but like he used to say like the news is like a child soccer game where like the ball goes over here and everyone's like oh we're gonna talk about this now right. and it goes across the field we're gonna talk about that and he's like the only reason you need 24-hour news network is for something like 9-11 right where it's just like breaking news break he's like there's yeah. not that much news in a day right um that's newsworthy and i've, I've started noticing that like even on like our local news sites like news for jacks here it's just like story they're like it's kind of not important but right Everything has to be, your life is threatened by this. And so I think that's what's so interesting about the rise of yellow journalism. It's It was all propagated on fear. Like mm -hmm. the Spanish-American War, they're coming for you, you know? Right, like, right. And you still see the exact same tactic today. It's the, the fear-mongering. Yes, absolutely. I think um, that brings up a good point. Like another, um, <clears throat> another good quote that I have. <clears throat> Joseph Goebbels, who is the minister of propaganda for the Nazis oh, during wow. World War II. Um, so he wrote this, uh, this quote is from a, uh, a book that he wrote <clears throat> called Churchill's Lie Factory. And um, he was just talking, he, he was trying to, you know, say like, oh, the English are just full of lies and, you know, they're trying to, you know, call us the bad guys or whatever. But what he says, I found it so interesting. So he says, the essential English leadership secret does not depend on particular intelligence. Rather, it depends on a remarkable, <laughs> I love this, remarkably stupid thick-headedness. Oh. The English follow the principle that when one lies, one should lie big and stick to it. <laughs> they keep up their lies even at the risk of looking ridiculous, which is so apt, right? Like wow. how many times have, have people 
pushed and pushed and pushed. Like, no, this is true. 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 Yeah. And and then it's not. And they're like, well, well look at this big lie over here, you know. And it's just well, like, you know, if this would have been Obama, right? Time, exactly. Like, what does it have to do with anything? And yeah, it's just this. It, it's so true. Is that you know? I mean, it, th- this theory. There's a theory called like the the big lie theory, right? Um, and it's that people will believe a big lie over a small one, right? Mm-hmm. If you go big with it, you're like, oh my, that's so ridiculous that no one would say that unless it was true, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're like, uh, you know, if you're just like, oh yeah, you know, Trump, Trump treated on his taxes a little bit. Why would like, we what? frame ourselves? Right, right. And you're like, he treated, what? We're yeah. like, no, Trump never paid taxes ever. You're like, Whoa! you know? <laughs> and it, it, it's that kind of thing. Like, yeah. it, it, the bigger you go, the more you're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And it, it gets people's attention and people are like, yeah, people would not be talking about this unless it was true. This is obviously true, you yeah. know, um, which is kind of like what a conspiracy theory is. Really, yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. there's no conspiracy theory that's like, uh, yeah, I think that when they landed on the moon, um, they actually found three rocks instead of two. <laughs> you know, like they're like, that's not a conspiracy. You know. Yeah. Uh, it, it's like they didn't even land on the moon. You're like, oh, OK, that's, yeah. that's crazy. You know. Yeah. I think conspiracy theories come from a place of the fact that people can't live with uncertainty and so they have to form their own reality of like right. okay i there's got to be a bigger reason to this other than this guy's a dick and like <laughs> that's kind of the end of the story like no 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 this is planned um I, yeah the conspiracy thing is a whole other side of this stuff but i mean can, it is part of this right of this yeah, of yeah. this mentality of of sensationalism and of of keeping people on board, right? I mean, yeah. the QAnon stuff, right? Where all this stuff was going to happen around the election, right, or the inauguration, and then it didn't, and then they're like, "Oh, well, well, well it's actually, yeah, it did happen. You just didn't see it because the mainstream media did so, and right. it's going to happen next month now, right?" <laughs> you know, and here's like, "Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think drives people to to cling to that stuff um, and just not admit, okay, man, he lost, or hey, he's not pre." Yeah. Any any kind of spirit. This is just the latest ones, right? What what do you think keeps them from admitting they were wrong? I don't, I think it's just because there's they the if there is proof they they have been successfully lied to enough that they're like, well, that's not the real it's proof. Propaganda. I mean, think about like uh like JFK's assassination, right? People still are like, well, he was, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like it's because. Even though there has been evidence presented, they're like, yeah, but I don't believe yeah. that evidence. And you're like, again, that probably started back with Yellow Journalism where you're like, well, I mean, I hear what you're saying, but I don't believe what you're saying. But why, let's talk about this specifically of like the QAnon stuff. Why that, why Why is that the hill you're literally willing to die on? What? What is this about this Trump era, these people that are, that are willing to like attack the Capitol risk prison for the rest of their lives over this idea. Got me. I wasn't there, dude. Why? What are you saying? (laughs) Well, I didn't see you that day. (laughs) Um, I mean, I do think that it, it, there's obviously a massive can of worms behind it, but I, I think that it's similar to any, kind of big thing that would happen in a country i mean even like the civil war or something Mm -hmm. right like where you believe 
you know, the South truly believed that the North was out to get them. Like that it was, if they did not fight and break away, then their whole world would collapse and burn and die. This, right. Yeah. This is my exact theory. Go ahead. Yeah. So it's like this idea of, I think a lot of it's perpetuated by lies, by people that want something out of it, that don't really care what gets destroyed to do it. Right. Yeah. Um, someone is going to, for any conspiracy theory, someone's going to benefit from it. Yeah. Right. Whether that's through power, money, whatever. Um, and you might not have any idea what that benefit is. Yeah. Even still, I don't, I have no idea what the QAnon benefit is, but, um, uh, because because who knows who's doing it but um mm. but it's this idea of someone's going to get something out of it right either popularity whatever but they use they're very smart because they use tensions that are already there right and just manipulate them yeah which is what sensationalism does right, right exactly you're like yeah. it, it it's this like fear mongering you're like man th- this war is, is looking bad I, yeah i don't like those i've never really trusted german did you know germans eat babies and <laughs> right like, yeah what? like how did we get there but it's it's by you know just taking things that are already there and just picking at them until they just get inflamed to a, an extent and then i think they get out of control honestly yeah. you know i, I think a lot of these than, things are yeah. like oh whoops i didn't mean to do that yeah. you know i was just trying to have a seance <laughs> and not burn the entire apartment <laughs> complex down exactly. you know I, I just finished this book again today uh creativity inc by the, it's about um pixar and uh, yeah, ed yeah. catmull wrote it one of the things he was talking about was amongst staff is kind of separate point but he said that people are if you have a fact you believe, like let's say, or you want an opinion you want to believe, like ah, the Jags are good this year, you you can find way less articles or way less proof to prove that you your side that you already believe versus like a mountain of evidence against it. Like, well, I've already found two articles that agree with me versus like right, that, right, yeah. in, and versus if you don't believe something. So I think there's an element of that of like the the doubling down on on these things that you want to believe, you want to think they're true. And so, in my opinion, uh, it's partly you know arrogance and you know because i want to be like God, these people are stupid but a lot of some of them are not stupid there's people listening to the show probably just dis- disagree with me on this right now right. uh you're not a stupid person you you believe something that i don't know what it is uh, right um but it's like so where where does this information come from i'm like well if you go on yelp look at all the people <laughs> yeah. that took the time to write right. this crap right. out for some reason or another, this is what I haven't figured out. It gives you a, a feeling of importance to have your voice heard, be saying something that you feel like is providing either a service to everybody or you're just stroking your ego. But I'm like, if you look at Yelp, you're like, oh, QAnon's starting to make a lot more sense because people spent <laughs> all this time. And so in my in my view, it's not about because I was looking at like QAnon, QAnon shaman guy, all these people like, is his life that much better than it was four years ago? Like, did Trump unleash? the Spanish doubloons on him and the gold. Like, <laughs> no, probably not. But I think in their mind, there's, there's a dam, uh, holding up socialism and communism. And it's all about to break. And the only one standing in the way of that is, right. is Donald Trump or right. whoever is in place, uh, according to these theories. And so it's the fear of losing. It's the fear of losing more than, than what they being gained. And so you double down on those ideas of like, Oh, I don't want to lose. I don't want to lose. You know? And if we don't yeah. go and we don't uh, make our voices heard, Everything we stood for is running. And I know there's more levels, but that, so I think what you're saying yeah. is, is what I would agree with as well. I think it's hard too because like, it's easy to be like, oh yeah, conspiracy theories. I don't, I don't believe that. I, I, these crazy things. But there's so many things that we all take for granted and believe that, yeah. that is hard. Like, yeah, I'm not one of those people. I'm not one of those crazy people. Yeah. But I mean, like, even. Well, like, so I, 
I, I've never seen an alien. I have no proof of them, but I'll watch these shows. I'm like, yeah, you know, there's a lot out there that we don't know. <laughs> we all are prone to, so it's like, I can't look at these people and be like, they're so stupid when it's just not something I care to believe. Right. Um, I think we're all could be easily be victim of it. But I, I mean, even like, I mean, think about like America. I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's what I come down to, you know, with my massive seventh grade uh, history <laughs> experience. Um, but uh, I mean, like we believe this, uh, you know, uh, lie. I mean, it's, it's not a lie, but just simple, like that America is a democracy. It's not. It's a republic. Right. 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 Or that um, uh, that America is um, a capitalistic society. Right, and we are anti-socialism, which is n- not true either. Right, like right. we have lots of elements of socialism, and we have like true capitalism has zero regulations by the government, and we have tons of regulations oh, by yeah, government. Exactly. But we're like, no, but capitalism's the best and stuff. And we're like, but we don't e- like. So we say these things, and we like drill these things in people's heads, but it's not even true. Yeah, right, like yeah. we borrow a ton from socialism. We borrow a ton. For, we are not laissez-faire whatsoever. Right, we are a, a hands-on government, a hundred percent. And some people like that. Some people don't like that. But it, I think everyone would agree that a hundred percent capitalistic society would be very bad in America. Yeah. And yet we're like, oh no, but socialism is evil and capitalism is the best, or opposite. Right, yeah. like no, all socialism, no capitalism. And it's like both of those are wrong. Because they're, both of those are not America. Yeah. And yet people are like, no, this is what we are. And we're like, but not that it's a conspiracy theory, but you have these ideas in your head because that's just what you've always thought. But when you sit back and think about it, you're like, oh, a- actually, yeah. that's not true. This is <laughs> right. wrong. Yeah. You know? And there's a million things like that where you, if you actually sat back and thought about it, you'd be like, I just have always heard that. Or yeah. I just always thought that was true and it wasn't or right? something your mom told you when you're eight years old right. and you're like yeah. oh that's or your what? stupid seventh grade history teacher <laughs> told you some dumb podcast that came up right um, yeah do you feel this way this uh, i think i'm gonna express like how a lot of people feel is like i would love to have some non-biased information and just mm-hmm. create my own facts but do you feel we're beyond that and and if we are what do we do about it that's a that's a good question that's tough because I mean, you could just argue that the internet broke everything. Yeah. Right? I mean, the internet made everyone's worst impulses immediately come out. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, In real time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, whenever they want. Yeah. yeah. And it, it, it's tough. I mean, like, think about, like, we were even talking about, you know, we were just talking about Twitter and is it their responsibility and stuff. I mean, they're literally a business that's trying to make money. That's yeah, all they're doing. Right, right? Right, right. So when we're like, oh, they shut down the president, you're like... Hey, it's just a business like it's not i mean a newspaper is out there to make money too but they're journalists like they they're they're holding themselves to a different standard twitter is not holding themselves to any standard yes they have terms and conditions and yes they did start taking a stand randomly out of nowhere but um <laughs> yeah but it's like that th- that's not their role right they, their role was never like we want to be the, a, a news outlet that everyone goes to they're like we just want people to communicate what they want in a certain amount of characters yeah and then we can make money off of this we like, want to know when jack jack was going to eat donuts and then right <laughs> and that was like, it and, that, and that's it and so you know you have this weird landscape right now where like do we allow the internet to be free and unregulated do we do we not you know i mean yeah this is probably most in history is probably most similar to what was going on like in the 1850s 
or just mid 1800s where you have trusts and monopolies and the government started cracking down right because mm. because these trusts and monopolies were just getting so dang powerful in the 1850s yeah yeah so it's like, like mid- the carnegie exactly and- yeah uh, um I was gonna say Roethlisberger. That's not right. <laughs> Starts with an R. Rothschild, or no, no. What is it? Carnegie, Andrew Carnegie. Who's the oil guy? Oh man, John. I'm... Is it not an R? It's probably not even an R. Dang it! It's Carnegie. John, uh, the steel guy, Rockefeller. Yeah. Rockefeller. There, I knew it was with an J. R. J.P. Morgan or Roethlisberger, guys. whichever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> John Roethlisberger. <laughs> um. But yeah, so you you have these massive industries growing up and just becoming all powerful, and the government's like, yeah, it's not good. That's the other one. Oh, good yeah. Vanderbilt, yeah. Uh, like, yeah, this is not good. We should we should crack down on this, and it was very painful process, and yeah. a lot of rich people did not like it, right? Um, yeah, and it's probably going to be something like that. And there's all been all kinds of talk about, you know, is is Microsoft, Apple, are they monopolizing? Is Facebook, right? Are Because all these big companies, they just buy up the small companies. Yeah. and Well, that's know. so interesting because, you know, we, we like to look at like, oh, the founding fathers and the America and the war. Like the country is kind of built by the Roethlisbergers and the <laughs> Vanderbilts. Exactly. Uh, you know, like it really, like how do we get here? Pretty horrible, horrible means. Like there's yeah. a lot of slavery that built... And so, you know, we like to think oh, America is just this, we all pulled ourselves up by our bootstraps and everything, but it's like, there's some, so anyway, just to Like think, these hedge funds, you know, yeah, currently exactly. pulling themselves up by their bootstraps. And so the new steel and the new banks and the new, um, you know, uh, uh, what was the other big tight, oh, oil, is, yeah. is these massive tech companies. Right, tech companies, for sure. Absolutely, So what do you yeah. do about that? What, you know, like, what's the government's role? What... Yeah. And I, I mean, don't have an answer to that because right. I don't know. Historically, the government's role is going to be regulate. Yeah. Honestly, you know. Um, the the problem is that they've let them go. <laughs> that, yeah. that they've it, – it's, uh, it's not that it, they can't do it now, but they've let them go too long. They've gotten too big that the, – like the way the trusts were, they literally broke companies up. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, which again – there's a lot of money in it, and so it's going to be really hard to do that. A know? lot of people are going to have to fall on their swords, and yes. I don't see that happening. Well, especially with our current government and our current um, legislative body, right? Yeah. I mean, the, number one, they got bigger problems at the <laughs> moment, but number two, they're not unified at all in any way, shape, or form. Oh, yeah. The And what's scary is that th- this is the, the least unified it's been since right before the civil war started which is terrifying but um you know i mean just before the civil war started i mean literally uh people were getting beaten half to death in the capitol building wow and i mean people died in the capitol building just so what was the story like, there? yeah so the story is uh charles sumner was a senator uh, a northern sen- senator that was um, pretty outspoken against the South. Um, and in particular, one uh, representative, who I can't remember his name, but it doesn't matter, um, and he got on the Senate floor and he said some mean things, right, about this guy. And in the traditional Southern chivalry gentleman way, <laughs> um, this representative's uh, nephew uh, went to the Senate the next day um, walked up to Charles Sumner, had a cane that had like a 
you know, like a metal handle, took it up, swung it like a baseball bat, hit this guy in the head, and just started just beating the living daylights out of this guy. And the southern senators were holding the northern ones back so that they could let this happen. Wow. And he then walks out with his bloody cane, just walks out of the... No, no one stops him, just doing his thing. The, Charles Sumner's lying there bleeding to death, right? And just everything's fine, whatever, no big deal, you know? Um, and what made this such a big deal is that later, um, Brooks was his name, was the nephew's name. He got sent... Um, Tons of like new canes as presents from people oh, that gosh. supported what he did. Um, meanwhile, Charles Sumner could never actually like like function well again. Like he pretty much like it ended his life in the sense of he you know he never like recovered from his injuries. Um, I mean, he didn't die, but he was he's yeah, you know, yeah. but it just it was terrible, and it was just that's the world that they lived yeah. in is that they they hated each other so much, and you're yeah. kind of like I mean. It wouldn't surprise you if something like that happened. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's that bad. It really is that bad. Well, it's, you know, that's what's so interesting was like this, the Blue Lives Matter type people were like all of a sudden hate the cops. And we're just like, I don't know what's going on anymore. Right. Yeah. Um. Anyway, well, that's a nice note to end this thing on. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on. I, I, I know this wasn't like a. We, well, let's end on a good note. Okay. It's on a good I was going to say we didn't tie it up in a bow. Let's, but end, let's tie it up in a bow. Okay. So um, you probably grew up hearing this too my dad always talked about walter cronkite yeah growing up like you're like we trusted him right yeah, yeah and he was he was like the the people that the people could trust him right what he said like he was like your grandfather telling you it's all gonna be okay whatever, right, right you know um and it was because he was on the news and then the news would end and the tv would turn off not because <laughs> right. you clicked it off because there was nothing more to say right yeah right um but uh uh I think one of my favorite uh, kind of moments in history, this sounds terrible, but just uh, in in this, what we're talking about is um, when Walter Cronkite found out that JFK died. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can go watch a YouTube video. Of it. It's all black and white and stuff, you know. Um, but he's there and he's finding out real time, like, oh, we just got word. Uh, you know, they knew he was shot. They knew he was in the hospital and stuff, but they, they had just found out that he died. And he literally just says, you know, uh, it's 8.30 or whatever time it was, you know, and he's like, and, you know, the, the president has passed away. Um, the vice president is going to be sworn in momentarily to be the next president of the United States. Um, and he's, you can see he's like trying to hold it together. He's kind of choking up a little bit. He's emotional about it. Um, and that's all he says. Like he literally like this massive ridiculous moment in American history has just happened. Yeah. And all he says is here's what happened, here's what's going to happen next and and that's the end. Yeah. You know? And like can you even imagine that? Mm-hmm. I mean, these days it would be like talking head talking head. Oh my god. They'd yeah. be like news flashes like headlines like boing boing boing, you know, like it would just be it would be nuts. Yeah. And he was just like here's what happened. Boom. There you go. That's the end. And Yes, did people probably sensationalize that? Of course, we're still talking about the JFK assassination. <laughs> right, right, right. But like that's news, right? Is here's what happened, here's what you need to know, you know, this is why you need to know it and here's what's next and that's it. And are we ever going to get back to that? I think the only way we will get back to that is by trusting our news again. Hmm. We if are we going to be able to control social media? No. Cuz like what we see happen now. Oh, we hate Twitter. Let's go just form our new app and do our own thing over there or whatever, <laughs> right, you know? Right. And 
Fair enough. That's the internet. Do what you want. But I think what we need to do is come back to actual news. Yeah. Mainstream uh, cable news should probably not be our actual news, right? <laughs> right. Um, and it should just be if we can somehow find trust again in real journalism, real news, right? And I know, I mean, if you're a journalist right now, it must kill you. Uh, it must. You're be like, so I spend awful. so much time, so much energy yeah. trying to find this crap, and then someone just says. Oh nope, that's not true because of this, and you're like, no, no, I swear to you, it's true. Right, I've worked right. so hard on this, yeah, and you just made something up. Or and, people in your own organ, like here's right, a, here's yeah. a fact that people don't uh, acknowledge: is CNN actually has good journalists, right? Like, all they're of in the there. news, all of the news yeah. networks do, but they also have opinionated talking heads yeah. that ruin it all. Yeah, you know exactly. Um, but those ones get better views, mm-hmm. you know, and or better, more clicks or yep. whatever. So yeah, yeah. I mean. I think you're exactly right. Yeah. It, we have to start trusting our journalism, but but journalism has to earn the trust again, right? And it's it's the duty of you know people are like support your newspapers. And I'm like I, maybe there's some truth to that, but I but I also feel like we've passed this point of like people aren't going to pick up a newspaper again. Like, That's the issue, right? What do we do about that? And I honestly I don't want to be like negative, but I don't know if there is a coming back from this. It'd be yeah. ideally it would be great if we all started like at least checking multiple sources, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe what we need is like a good Armageddon, right? All the electricity goes away, internet dies. <laughs> yeah, know? right. We have to learn from books again. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Sounds Be like scary. a movie or a book or something. Yeah. Well, well, I, I think on that note, yeah, yeah we really brought it back. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think my my like takeaway is for like, okay, what can we actually do be, be outside of what what's ideally possible is have conversations with people you trust and who disagree with you, and that hold your foot to the fire. Uh, on, on some things and, and be willing to admit when you're wrong and be willing to admit that you're not an expert on everything and a little humility I think can go a very long way and uh, you know it's it's better to be informed than be, to be right about whatever you believe because what's that there's some proverb like the fool goes the way of the doesn't fact check I don't know it's late but <laughs> of the conspiracy of the conspiracy you know so anyway Aaron thanks for coming on again you bet good luck with that Kid 3. Thank, and maybe thank we'll, you. Maybe we'll record some music sometime in the near future. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> All three of the Minor Profit boys are having kids this uh, next few months. That's so true. It's crazy. Our art will suffer for the sake of the kids. <laughs>